All right. We are in the series of the I Am's of Jesus, and we are studying I Am the Way, the Truth, and the Life in the second study of the truth. Jesus declaring that he is the truth. Tonight, we're going to turn our eyes to the spirit of truth. So in a few moments, we're going to go into John 16. But I want to bring our minds back to last week's lesson. And if you have not listened to last week's lesson, when you complete this one, I would ask you to go back and listen to it. In that, we define the word truth. We defined it by the definition given uh, from the Strong's Concordance and, and some other Bible helps. And we defined it in relationship to the person of Christ, how it was hid in the Old Testament, the truth. It was declared in the words of the Old Testament, but it's made real through the person of Christ. And speaking of that, we looked at Isaiah chapter 2 last week, and uh, just to refresh our minds as we move forward, I'm going to turn back and read this. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he, was, he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. All right. In the old covenant, Zion was a physical location. It existed physically within, I believe, the boundaries of Judah and one of the other tribes, I believe, but it existed with the Israelites, with the Jews. So Zion was a particular place that God used in the Old Covenant, but it was speaking of a reality that we have in Christ. So when he says he's that it's the mountain of the Lord's house, in Isaiah, in another place of, in Isaiah, the Lord declared that he would lay a stone in Zion. I don't want to go through everything I went through last week, but I want to get our minds into this. He would lay a stone in Zion, a tried stone, a true stone, a chief cornerstone. And the Apostle Paul declares in Ephesians 2 that Jesus Christ is the stone. He's the chief cornerstone that you and I are built upon for a habitation of God by the, by the Spirit. Upon this stone, God has built his spiritual house and, you, you know, in the last days, the mountain the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. I believe John 4 establishes this if we read it closely. John 4. 
John chapter 4, verse 19, and Jesus is dealing with a woman of Samaria. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes and now is the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is. I got ahead of myself while I go, but here it is. The hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, or God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now, notice this. The hour cometh when neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem shall you worship the Father. Neither in Samaria nor in Jerusalem. Shall you worship the Father because God is a spirit, and they that worship him are going to worship him in spirit? So how do we come to this place of the high place of God? In the book of Revelation, John was carried away in the spirit, and he saw the great mountain of the Lord. So we come there in the spirit, and this is how the stone is laid in Zion, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So God, by his spirit, was bringing forth his word all the way through the old covenant. Now this Holy Spirit of God, it has descended, has come forth from Christ and dwells in us. And so we are the temple that God hath made. We are the true house of God. Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. We should understand this. We should declare it to one another. We should declare it to other Christians that don't understand it. We should be sharing the truth that God has shown us by the Spirit of God. So God established Mount Zion, I believe, as that of the Spirit. In Hebrews 12, says, you've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, you didn't. You or I, neither one got in an airplane to go there, but we were carried there, led there by the Spirit of God. We were led to this place where God has established his house, where he's laid his foundation, and he's building us up in the understanding of Christ that he inhabits us by the Spirit of Christ. So God is inhabiting us in Christ Jesus, in the understanding of the word of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We are God's house. We are God's habitation. Now in John 
chapter 16. And I absolutely love John chapter 16. Jesus declares here in John 16 that the spirit of truth is going to come. John 16, 12, he says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own initiative. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you or show it to you. The King James says. So the spirit of truth is going to come because we can't bear, you know, the disciples there couldn't bear what Jesus had to say until the spirit came. They couldn't bear it. <laughs> There's so much you could say. We could probably teach here for months of bearing that of the spirit of God. And that's what we are we are to be written epistles of the word of God, and the word of God is Christ himself. So we are to bear what the spirit of God reveals in us of Christ. And I love this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Remember the truth. Jesus is the truth. So the spirit of truth is going to guide you, you could say, into Christ into that that he is, that we can bear it, that we can bear that that he is, that we can receive that that Christ has done in his person, in his death, burial, resurrection, his ascension and glorification. We can bear that by the spirit of truth. We couldn't bear it before. The spirit had to come to indwell us. And I'm getting ahead of myself because I want to break a little bit of this down. Bear means to take up or carry, put them on, or understand them. And I wrote a note here, our heart is made to understand, to bear the things of God. And God means to lead to God to teach. He shall God teach you all truth, disclose all things. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He will disclose to you that which is to come. And notice the very next thing Jesus says, he shall glorify me. So he will disclose that which is to come. He shall glorify me. So what is coming by the spirit of truth is that of Christ. And that's what Jesus says. He's going to take of me and show me to you. So that's what I believe is being said here. That's what is to come. This, when the spirit of truth comes, he takes that of Christ and shows it. Now, he doesn't show us everything that Christ is in one setting. 
it's it's like we we eating something we don't sit down and eat if we love steak we don't eat the whole cow in one setting we eat it piece by piece day by day and that's what we're doing of christ and how we eat this is as the spirit of god shows it to us and we take it in our heart we receive it we believe it we understand it hallelujah we bear it because we understand it so we begin to bear it because we have an understanding of what the spirit of god is showing us in christ jesus our lord hallelujah Apostle Paul writes, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. How can I walk in him unless I see him, understand him, and know him? And see, the way I do that is through the spirit of truth. He shall guide you into all truth. That's how I walk in Christ Jesus the Lord is that the spirit of truth takes that of Christ, of his death, of his burial, and of his resurrection, and he shows it to me, to you, that you and I can get a hold of it. We can put it on like a garment. It clothes our soul and our mind, and we wear it, and we live in it. Hallelujah. Or he lives in us. Glory to the Lamb of God. Now, John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. Here's the Spirit of truth again. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And I, I've said this so many times. Who dwelt with them but Jesus? Hallelujah. So the spirit of truth is none other than the spirit of Christ who was dwelling with them. And Jesus declared, he dwells with you but and shall be in you. See, see this is the great understanding we come to that he that dwelled with them, who was Christ, Christ Jesus our Lord, now is not only dwelling with us, he is in us. Look what Jesus says in verse 18 of this chapter. I will not leave you comfortless. He says, I'm going to pray that the Father give you another comforter, the spirit of truth. And he goes on and says, the spirit of truth will be in them. And he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world see me no more, but you see me. Because I live, you shall live also. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. So at the day of the coming of the Spirit of truth, and he came on the day of Pentecost, the spirit of truth was poured out and the spirit of truth came and we were to know that Jesus was in the father. The father was in him and Jesus is in us and we are in him.
That's what we are to know. We're, we're to know that. Many of God's dear people don't know this. They don't have a comprehension of being in Christ, that Christ is in them and they're in Christ. That this, he's in us. He came on the day of Pentecost to indwell us by the spirit of truth. And as the Spirit of God reveals him, that's what the Spirit of God does, which he takes of him and shows it to us. He takes him and shows him, discloses him to our souls, to our minds, to our hearts, to transform us, to put off the old man and his deeds that we might put on Christ. That's what the Spirit of truth does. Paul writes in one place, the truth is in Jesus, and the truth that's in Jesus is that we have put off the old man and his deeds, and we have put on the new man. So, so we put off the old man through Christ. That's the truth. That's the work he did. And it's so profound. And, it, and, and when we see this by the Spirit of God, we begin to see it that God can take what we're seeing and make real in us. In, in Romans 6, it says by the Apostle Paul that we are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ. So we're baptized into his death. We're buried with him in baptism. And we are raised in his life. Now, that's all through Romans 6. So the spirit of truth, see, see right there is you put off the old man and his deeds. And now you're raised in newness of life. The newness of his life, not our life. See, see, what we're comprehending in the truth is the person of Christ. That's what you and I are coming to comprehend, to walk in, is that that he is. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That's why that scripture in Isaiah 2 is so great. He shall teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths because we're seeing what he is by the spirit of God that we would put on this new man that is in Christ, that is created in true holiness, that is righteous with God. And we would walk it in the earth. We would actually believe we're righteous through what Jesus has done. We begin to believe that God has made us righteous in Christ Jesus and we begin to declare what he has done in the earth. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. Now they that were of that old temple could never declare that. They could never declare that they had been made righteous through those animal sacrifices. Because the conscious of sin, the consciousness of sin could never be removed. See, see her consciousness, what we're aware of inside. In the old covenant, if we were in the old covenant, we would be aware of sin and death. There was this continual reality to the 
Israelites that they were in sin and they were continually offering sacrifices for their sins. Now we, on the other hand, with those that believe of the Jews have come to a greater tabernacle, a greater day. And in this tabernacle, we are freed from our sins. Jesus, with one sacrifice that he completed, forever sat down at the right hand of God in the authority of God. And he shed forth or poured out the Holy Spirit who would guide us into the truth. That's the truth. God said by the prophet in the book of Psalms, he said that he desired truth in the inward parts. And the psalmist cries out in Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now that's what mankind was shaping in. Man born a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So if I'm a man born a woman, I'm shaped in sin, shaped in iniquity, and conceived in sin. I'm conceived in that realm. I'm aware of it too. I'm conscious of it. But Jesus come to Nicodemus and told Nicodemus, in order to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And that you were born of water and spirit. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So those that are born of spirit are not an old man anymore. They are a new creation man. They're not a few days and full of trouble. They're not shaped in iniquity. They're not conceived in sin. They're conceived in Christ by the living word of God to be shaped, hallelujah, of that that is Christ. That's what we're shaped in. We're shaped in that that is Christ. That that is Christ is formed in us. That's what Paul said to the, Gal to the, Gal to the Galatians in one place, that, that Christ may be formed in you. That's what God is after. He's planted the seed in us. He, we, uh, we that have been born of Christ have the seed of Christ in us that that of the seed would be formed in us you know that's what a seed does in the earth it forms then it comes forth it shoots forth and that's what we want is this seed to form the seed who is christ and come forth from our mortal bodies that would free us from iniquity Free us from sin. Free us from the consciousness of it. What frees us from it is the reality of him. See, he that is dead is free from sin. So the spirit is bringing me into the reality of him that I don't walk in condemnation, that I don't walk after the things of the old covenant, 
but I walk in that which is Christ. That's what the Spirit of God is doing. He's moving us out of that that we were in. The old man's been put off, and he's moving us right on in Christ Jesus the Lord. Well, what's in him is his death. And, and I deal a lot with his death. I deal a lot with his death because to me, his death is victory. His death is victory over sin, victory over the old man. It's what separates me from that old man. It separates me from that old creation. And in him's his burial. And in his burial is the putting away of that. The putting away of what's been, that was been made dead. Couldn't get it out of my mouth. What was made dead was the old man, so he's put away. And what comes forth is Christ. So we walk in Christ. And that's our salvation. That's our salvation. That we walk in him. Now Galatians 2. Galatians chapter 2. And we want verse 15. It says, we who are Jews by nature are not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith of Christ. And not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I'm dead to the law. Why? That I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. This is so glorious. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. See, See, this is a great mystery. What Paul is saying here is made known in our hearts by the Holy Spirit because he guides us into all truth, where the truth is Christ. And Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. How do you come to know that? Well, the Bible told me so. Okay. But how do you come to know that? How do you become conscious of it, aware of it? How does it become real in you? by the spirit of truth, because he takes that of Christ, like Jesus said, he takes that of me and shows it to you. So he shows you you're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, but you don't live in this yourself. See, see, it's not you doing the best you can to get by. That's what we've been taught, a lot of us have been taught, no, it's Christ living in you. And it's your soul seeking to attain that that is in Christ. That's why Paul said, I press toward the mark, toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, because he saw 
Christ living in him. And he began to see that that was the mark for life, was Christ living in you. And that's what he's talking about when he says, in the life now I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He's talking about comprehending that that is Christ. That's what he's talking about, the faith of the Son of God, comprehending through faith that that is Christ. See, see, as this word is revealed, we receive it by faith. We, we lay hold of it, just like Abraham laid hold of the word that God had spoke to him. So now the Spirit of God is speaking to us and disclosing Christ, and we lay hold of it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. That's where I was wanting to get to tonight. And I guess we're going to really get into that, Lord willing, next week. But but we lay hold of what the Spirit shows us in Christ. That's the walk of faith. That's the walk of faith. Is receiving of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And laying hold of it, being made conformed to it, putting off the old man and putting on the new. Glory to the Lamb of God, having that word revealed by the Spirit of the living God and receiving it in our hearts, having it made real, becoming aware of it, being conscious of Christ, being conscious of our life, that is Christ, that we can walk in it in the earth. See, that's the new covenant that we walk in him. We walk in him. See, sometimes people think when we preach the grace of God and the revelation of Jesus Christ that well, these brothers don't believe in the law. Well, I believe Jesus fulfilled the law. I believe the law is holy and good. I believe that with all my heart. I don't think there's anything wrong with the law. The problem for me with the law is I couldn't fulfill it. I couldn't attain unto it. But now he that attained unto it is living in me because he that knew not sin became sin for me that I could be made the righteousness of God in him. So now what I'm after is that that's in him. See, that's the mark I'm pressing toward. That's the prize. That's the high calling of God being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of Christ. That's what is before us, folks, is that that's in him. Is See, we, we don't live unto the Mosaic law. We live unto Christ. Well, well that's a greater, greater measure because he, he, he fulfilled the law. See, he loved everybody. See, see in, in Galatians, it says love is the fulfillment of the law. Honey, Jesus loved everyone. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus loved everybody. So he fulfilled the law. He that was blameless. So now the measure 
of us living in the earth is him and not the Mosaic law. And that's what a lot of Christians don't understand. We are the body of him. So what's being measured out to us is Christ. That's what the spirit of God is disclosing is him. He's not disclosing the old covenant law. He's disclosing the word who is Christ that fulfilled the old covenant law. That's what he's doing. The old covenant spoke of rest. The old covenant spoke of a Sabbath day rest. Well, in a day, I still can't find rest to my soul. I can go sit down and not cook, not clean, not do this, not do that and not find rest to my soul. I find rest to my soul in the person of Jesus Christ, who is my Sabbath day. He is my day of rest. I rest from my works and rejoice in his. My works are behind me. What's before me is his. Man, that's good news. His works are before me. His works are being made known to me by the Spirit of God. What he has done is being made known to me that I can walk in it and express it and share it with others such as you that hear this. In my heart, I love to go among God's people and share this living word. It, it, I probably love it more than anything I do. And, you know, it's probably not probably about it. I absolutely love sharing this word that God is making real in me that brings real peace, real joy, real life in my soul. Not just the words on the page that says that. I believe all the words on the page. Don't you get me wrong. I believe the word of God. I believe the Bible. But the living word is Christ, and that living word is made real in his people that the Bible is speaking of. Well, hallelujah. That's the truth that the spirit of truth is guiding you into. He shall take of me, Jesus said. <laughs> Dwell on that. Dwell on chapters John 14 or John 13 through 17. Father, that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them, thou and me, that they may, may be made perfect in one. That whole thing, that, that prayer in John 17, it's made real by the Spirit of God, that he may be glorified in us. And John 16 tells us, the Spirit shall glorify me. We're at in us. Well, he is glorified with the glory that he had before the world was. The glory, glory that he had was God himself. And now that glory is made real in us. Glory to God. Everything that's in him is to be made real in his body that we can express him in the earth to one another. That's how we really love one another. That's how we really become united is through the seeing of him. Well, I'll stop right here today and we'll pick the truth up, I'm sure, again next week. But we're getting real close and, and talking about the life. We're already talking about the life. And I look forward to getting into that with you. But like I said, I think we'll be in the truth one more time 
May the Lord just richly, richly bless you in his word. May he just fill us with his spirit. May we really see the power of the Holy Ghost, the real power of the Holy Ghost, revealing his son in us. Glory to God. Transforming our souls and our minds. Glory to God. Bless you all. Now, as I say this, I absolutely believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I just want to clarify that. I believe in them all. But I want to see that power that transforms us from darkness to light, from servants to sons. That power of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth. And He does that by revealing the truth, who is a person in you and I. Bless the Lord. Amen.